0: So I don't like heights. Is there anybody else out there that's uh, like me? Thank you. Thank you. I'm feeling it right there. Like, have you gone to the Willis Tower in Chicago, where on the sky deck, 103 floors up, they have those glass boxes that, like, jut out, and so you can walk out there and basically stand in midair, 103 stories up, and look down. I can't do it. Everybody else thinks that fear is irrational. I'm thinking, this is Chicago, and those were built by somebody whose uncle knew the mayor. So, <laughs> I'm not going in. But the time I, that's, that's just a mental trick though. I mean, I know that there's glass there that would hold me up. But the time I was facing real heights was when I was with uh, some folks up in Wisconsin, and they said, hey, let's go repelling. And I was like, this involves cliffs. This is not a good idea. But uh, I was more scared of looking like a wuss than repelling. So, so they got me ready to go, and I'm looking down over this cliff edge, and I'm thinking, man, it's like 25, 30 feet down there, and if you fall, you, it will, your fall will be cushioned, though, by solid rock, so that should be- <laughs> so anyway, so they said, well, you just turn around, and then you kind of uh, push off with your feet, well, you lean back into space, because you want to be going back, like, horizontal, and then you want to, push off with your two feet, and kind of let the belay line slide through your hands. That's all there is to it. So I'm standing there, looking over my shoulder, and I'm thinking this. I'm like, can I do this? I mean, I don't know, like, can I really push off and fall backwards into space? Well, freeze-frame that moment right there, and I wonder if you've had a situation in life where the emotion of that is pretty similar to what I was feeling that day. Think about that for a moment. You knew it was something you had to take on, a challenge, and you just weren't sure. I don't know if I can pull it off. I just don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it was something like rappelling or skydiving, but really I'm thinking more about like, things that come along in life. We don't choose to do, they choose us. So maybe it's was starting a new business and you're like, man, there's a lot at stake. I just took out a mortgage for this and, uh, man. Uh, maybe some of you were like, I need to have a really hard conversation with that person, but I know if I do, I'm going to get blowback. So you're wondering, like, I don't know if I can have that conversation. Um, maybe some of you, it's facing surgery and you're like, man, the recovery is rough. I don't know if I can... Do that. Get through that. So, and maybe some of you tonight, you're actually facing that kind of challenge right now. It feels, it feels bigger than you, and you're just wondering, can I really do this? So, what I want to look at tonight with you is this question. Where do you and I find the courage to push off with our feet and fall back into space and take on that challenge that life has presented to us? Now, I've noticed on Facebook, um, somebody will post, hey, I'm starting this new workout boot camp. So I got to get up at 5.30 every morning and this drill instructor takes us through and there's medicine balls and it's pretty intense. Not sure I can do it, okay? Or somebody will put out there like, hey, I finally decided to try to write that book I've always wanted to write. Not sure I can do it. And so when that kind of post goes up on Facebook, what is the most common reply that or comment that their friends will make you can do it you got this right that's that's what, what we say you got this and um because we all think well where do you find the courage well you find it inside yourself you kind of reach down in there and rummage around and you pull it back up somehow but you got you've got this you've got this you just got to find it And there's some truth there, but it does feel just a little thin to me because you and I all know a a lot of people who try that, who try to reach down there and find the guts they need to do what they need to do and they don't find it. They stay in a toxic relationship that they need to end and they can't quite do it or they... they. Uh, they don't ever write the book. They, they don't take on the, the boot camp. They don't apply for the job. And it's because they're not sure they can do it. And when they reach down looking for something to got this, they're not sure they've got it. So uh, is there any other option where you and I can go to find courage when we need it? And it's a source that is available steadily, whether our self-confidence is High or low? So that's what I want to look at. And to answer that question, tonight we're going to look at the experience of a person named Joshua, who's really just like you or me, and he's facing this giant challenge, and he's not sure he can do it. So if you look at your first reading there, Joshua 1 and verse 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. So now then, you and all these people, let's get this, two million people. Men, women, children, and a whole lot of farm animals. This is not just like a few people. You get two million people that you are supposed to lead and cross the Jordan River, which is normally like 90 to 100 feet across. But it's, right now, it's in flood stage. So it's like two or three times that. Like if you've driven across the Mississippi in flood stage, you know what I'm talking about. It's just like muddy, swollen, overflows the banks, and it's like two, three times across. So you got to get two million people across a river in flood. There is no Army Corps of Engineers, and there is no bridge. Oh, and by the way, then I want you to go in and take the land that I'm about to give them, a land, by the way, that has people in it who will fight you tooth and nail when you get there. So there you go Joshua that's your mission and what makes this especially hard is that Joshua has been Moses's aide, and Moses has been the leader he has looked to they've all looked to and they've depended on him and right when they've got this huge challenge and they really need a Moses there is no Moses as God puts it Moses my servant is dead. Now, Moses is not just, was not just like a really good leader. He is the GOAT. He is the greatest of all time. Um, the Bible says about Moses, Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. There hasn't been one before him, and there hadn't been one since. Moses is the one who busted them out of a lifetime of slavery. But even though he was such a great leader, unlike so many leaders we might know who have outsized gifts, it didn't go to his head. The Bible adds that Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth, which you know just compounds his greatness. And so but at this moment, when we desperately need Moses, Moses isn't here. So now, Joshua, it's on you. One of our founding members uh, here at Savior, Marilyn Stewart, was a strong leader and wise person, and if you knew Marilyn, you know that's very true of her. And so a lot of people found their way to Maryland's when they needed wisdom, when they needed strength, when they needed somebody to help them through a decision. And even though Maryland passed away several years ago uh, about a week ago, Karen and I, another staff member, were working through a really delicate pastoral situation. We were, we're not, weren't sure quite how to press into it. And all three of us looked at each other and said, I wish Marilyn were here. Marilyn would know what to do. I don't know why she's left us, who don't know what we're doing, in charge. You know, And, and, and sometimes in life, though, you, even though you wish somebody else would pick it up, it's your moment. It's your challenge, it's your assignment, it's your calling, and at that moment, you and I need what Joshua receives right here, and that is the promise of God. The promises of God. God gives Joshua a whole lot of amazing promises right here because he knows he's overwhelmed, and a lot of it is just reassuring him, like, you'll be able to do the thing I'm calling you to do. So listen to some of these. I will give you every place where you set your foot. What's that implying? Protection, favor. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, that's south to north, and then from the Hittite country, there you're talking east, northeast, over to the uh, Euphrates, out to the Mediterranean Sea. So that's that's your east-west points. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. You will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. And last, fifth there, you will be prosperous and successful. So Joshua doesn't go, I know if I like, screw up my courage, I got this. I know I've got the courage within. He actually knows very well, acutely well, I am not Moses. I can't be Moses. I don't got what Moses got. And I never will. But Moses is gone, and this is my moment, my call, and God's telling me, you go, and I will go with you. Listen to what God promises. He says, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So if you are facing a challenge right now, and it just feels kind of bigger than you, you have no idea how it's going to work out, we find courage in the promises of God. The the promises, and, and God, based on all these promises that he's given him, says to him, be strong and courageous, be strong and very courageous, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. God's willing to tell it to him several times. In fact, Joshua already heard this from Moses in a public commissioning ceremony, and it's still not quite enough to get into him until God says it to him, And says, no, don't be discouraged. Don't fall back. This is your moment. You need to move forward. So we need to, like, in those moments, stop looking at our own limits. Like, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough patience. I don't have enough strength. I don't have that resilience. I'm not that person. I don't have the guts. I wish somebody else would do it so I didn't have to. And God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's the promise that gives us the guts to go do what we know he wants us to do. His promise gives you the power. Now, I have to say, looking back on my life, the major decisions I have made, I have only been able to make because I had a, a sense of reassurance from God, a promise that I could kind of like bank on and move forward. Back in my 20s and 30s, Um, As a lot of you know, I was editing and launching websites, and I really, really liked it, actually. But I had this persistent nudge that had actually been with me since I was a teenager that uh, toward pastoral kind of work. But honestly, I had lived through several church splits, and they were super painful. And if you've been through one, you know what I'm saying. And I was like, I don't think I'm strong enough to handle the kind of conflict that you have to have if you're gonna be like functional and effective in pastoral leadership. I just don't think I've got that. And then I was like, we've got small kids and college is gonna be coming for them and I don't see how this is really gonna work financially either. It just, I I couldn't get there. And so one day I was walking outside, I actually know right where this was, it was in Wheaton, and I wasn't really thinking about it at that moment but I looked up and I I saw a hawk and it was, kind of riding the thermals like that, just kind of soaring on the wind. And I sensed inside myself, like God saying to me, if you go to my people, you will soar. Not saying you will never have tough times that you're gonna have to face into. He's not saying you're gonna do it perfectly. He's not saying there's not gonna be pain or pressure. What he's saying is, just like I designed those bird wings for wind, There's a way in which I've designed you for that. So even though you don't think you have it, what if you go and I'll go with you and you soar? See, courage is not so much like us holding on to God, it's God holding on to us. And when you realize God's holding on to me, he's with me, then you go, I don't have to find it all inside myself, I can find it in him. One of the interesting things that God does, this is a pattern you can see over and over again is, And maybe you've, have you ever had this where you look around in your life or your family and you go, why isn't somebody doing something about this? Why is this problem still going on? Why doesn't somebody help with our schools? Why doesn't somebody go here and and help with this massive issue which hurts me to see? And so often what God says, and and sometimes even in prayer we'll go, God, why aren't you doing something about this? And so often, you know what God says? You go and I'll go with you. You go, and I'll go with you. So he says to Joshua, I mean, I'm sure Joshua's like, God, great Lord of heaven and earth, you can lead these two million people across the Jordan. I know you can. And God says, you go, and I'll go with you. And actually, when Moses started out, he was as insecure and afraid as Joshua is when Joshua was starting out. Some of you might remember this. Moses says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God says to him, you go, and I'll go with you. And then when Jesus is commissioning us, the disciples, to go out into the world and make disciples and help other people learn the ways of Jesus and the kingdom of God, he doesn't say, I'll go, Jesus, would you go? No, he says, you go, go into all the places, and I'll go with you. I will always be with you. So if you're facing a challenge right now, I got good news for you. If it's God's work and you go, God will go with you. So you don't need to be the greatest of all time. I don't need to be the greatest of all time. When I started here, I was, I was rather insecure, honestly, because I knew Bill and Linda were very good shepherds, very loving people, more, more shepherd-gifted than I. I. I knew that. I knew I couldn't be them. God says, you go, and I'll go with you, right? This is your moment so how do you and i hear the promise from god how do we know that if we hear something it's not just wishful thinking or our own uh kind of ego or wishful you know desire for ourselves well i'm sorry we have to ask this question but we do have to ask this question because as we all well know some very highly visible christian leaders and pastors have done very badly on this and they have used the God told me card to wriggle out of accountability for themselves. Not okay. And then they've played the God told me card to coerce people to do dumb things like get way overextended financially and projects that the church had no business getting into because it was really driven on what? Not God told me, but the ego of that leader. And so we rightly ought to kind of say, okay, what's the difference between that, which we don't want, and what's happening for Joshua right here, which is the real deal? How do we get that? Well, I want to point out a couple things that will help us. First is this. When God says to Joshua, lead these people into the land and I'll go with you, he also says this. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Do you see what's going on here? The promise of God is for the person who actually wants to live for God. The promise of God is for that person who's got a focus and an intention. They're like, God, I really wanna do what you want. That's where my heart is. My life is really about that. It's not about my own prominence or my own financial gain or whatever it is. It's really about following your ways. That's my my pole star. Now, you and I are, are not out of control kind of celebrity types, thank God. But this principle is just if we move toward God, if we align our life with his commands, then the more he can speak to us his true and living promise. Now, the second principle. The promises of God are not only for the person who really wants to follow God, they're ultimately for the purposes of God. So God says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to do what? To enter, inherit the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. In other words, God's saying, Joshua, this is not a Joshua project. This is a God project. I've been working on this project actually for quite a while. You can join in this project. This is your moment to join this project, but you're joining my project. This is about my ultimate purposes, not yours. So here's our dashboard light. The more that when you and I are hearing something that we think might be God, is it leading us to lay down our life for somebody else or is it really about ourselves? Sometimes, we have murky motives and that's where our friends and therapists and pastors can help us sort this but it like for example if you hear the promise i'll make you rich that is less likely to be god <laughs> now there are a couple people in the bible that he does say i am really going to prosper you like no kidding i'm going to give you abundant flocks and herds so it's not impossible but here's the much more likely one from god is i'll make you rich and then I'm calling you to live on 10% and give 90% away. I want you to do a reverse tithe because I want you to show what happens when money no longer dominates you. That's more likely to be God. Now, so we gotta have these cautions in place. These are like the bumpers on bumper bowling lanes or something. <laughs> um, but let's not let them miss, cause us to miss what's really going on here and and, and the big idea of what's happening at this moment for God and for Joshua. And that is, God is a God who makes commands. He tells you, it's your moment. I need you to go. I need you to do this. You can't push it on somebody else. This is yours. And he is also the God who makes promises. And he says, if you go, I'll go with you. I will never leave you and forsake you. When we don't have the courage, we find it in the the promise of God. Is there somebody here tonight, you just, you already know what God's been asking you to do. He's been nudging you. It's, you know it. Maybe it's already actually been confirmed by talking with wise people around you. Then hear what God said to Joshua that day. Have I not commanded you? Be strong. Be courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Amen. Oh, and by the way, I did actually push off and repel. (laughs) And I enjoyed that time, and I will never do it again.